Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the New Nation podcast with your host, myself, Mike. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. God bless you to whoever you are and whatever time zone you are in. I hope you guys are having a good and productive week. Listen, we got a partnership back with Aura. So once that link is set up, uh, I will be doing ad reads uh, before every episode. And what's nice is that for the audio ones, you know, there's really nothing that you can see. You just got to sit through about a minute of an ad read. And then, uh, yeah, that's easily the best way that you can help monetize the show for me. Because for every sign up that I get through Aura, I get a commission. So that's nice. Um, so the next episode, you'll probably be hearing that, which is good. Um, today is going to be a tough one for a lot of people out there, for a lot of folks, F-O-L-X, a lot of folks out there. Um, so I just want to prepare everybody for what's about to happen because I understand that's very controversial and a lot of people have been taking this very, very personally. Um, so you might as well just jump into it. As you can see from the title, I'm going to say that a good Catholic should not be voting for Trump. A lot of people took this very personally. A lot of people got butthurt about it. My DMs on the New Nation are spammed uh, to all heaven because a lot of people do not like, do they, they do not like, ooh, what happened to it? They do not like the position. Let me see if I could find the original story um, so that I can read it. It came from another uh, account on Instagram. I don't know if it was called like the Catholic vote or... Um, or what that uh, particular, what that particular Instagram account was, but uh, archive. Let's see. Let's go to the stories archive. Here we are. Okay, so this is, I guess, the Instagram called Catholic Vote, uh, and this was a couple days ago, three days ago. It reads: Trump for president. Big announcement. Catholic Vote is officially endorsing former president, real Donald Trump for 2024. We're fighting for more than just another four years. Our Catholic way of life is on the ballot. Okay, that's fine. To which I said, no good Catholic should be voting for Trump. I said what I said. Let's just, let's just get a little bit of the responses that I got to that. Let's see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to go all over the place here. Let's start. I won't name anybody, but uh, I will tell you if male or female, <laughs> just so you can, you can uh, gauge the tone. This is from a guy. Curious, who should we vote for instead? It looks like all have dropped out, save for him and Haley. And I said, no one. And then he said, thanks for elaborating. <laughs> to which I just said, indeed, yeah. Um, this is from a dude who actually wrote, participation is consent. Uh, I'm not going to make a meme about trying not to mention that I actually believe that the Holy Land belongs to the church and that neither Muslim nor Jew should be living there. Okay, a little bit of a sidestep, but uh, real and true. Um, another guy. Interesting. Why do you think so? And I didn't get to a chance to respond to him, but obviously you'll hear why soon. Um, this is from another guy. Yeah, but over Biden? And to which I said neither of them. Let's see here. Um, another, most of them are guys. Uh, this is another guy. Who should they vote for then? Nobody. Uh, this is actually somebody that I know in real life where she said, then who? They all lie, cheat, and steal. To which I said, then no one. I can't in good conscience give my vote to any of them. And then it goes on um, the same. This is another woman. So if it's between Trump and Biden, who do you vote for? I said, neither. I'm abstaining. 
um, a couple more people have said that it's just the same thing. Like, who would you vote for? And then when I say nobody, they say fair enough. Um, let me get to some of the more. Um, let me get to get some of the more triggered ones. This is a dude. Then who? Biden, the abortion guy. And I said Trump is the abortion guy. And he said, "What? Are you backwards and upside down like all the other liberals?" And I just said, "My guy, Trump supports abortion up to 16 weeks, even 20 weeks. I think he, Congress pushed a bill that would ban abortion after 20 weeks that Trump um, co- like co-signed and got behind." And I said, "You can make him an idol. I'll be the other guy." And he said, "It's not worth my time." And I told him, here you are. This is another lady who, who, in reaction to what I posted, said, oh, so Biden is the better choice for Catholics. That's ridiculous. And I said, nowhere did I say that. Don't make things up. If I say that a good Catholic shouldn't vote for Trump, that doesn't mean that I'm saying automatically give your votes to Biden. You have to think about this like a clear-thinking person. So, And then she just went on a long rant where I said, I don't argue with women back and forth. Um, this guy said, uh, Dorothy Day option, refuse to vote on ethical grounds. I was like, yep. Uh, this is another dude who said, um, oh yeah, he, okay, this, this guy has spurged out on me, so I'm just going to read this exchange. Not trying to fight, and then he proceeds to do that. Genuinely curious, coming from a fellow Catholic, why? And this guy calling himself a fellow Catholic is kind of rich, and you'll find out why. I say he supports abortion, that's my line. He says, fair stance. However, answer me this. Do you honestly think any candidate running or any candidate with integrity running for office actually had a chance? In the two-party system, we are stuck with. We have no choice but to pick the lesser of two evils. So when you pick one of those lesser evils, you're still picking evils. That's what I'm saying. But he says the lesser of two evils. The Democratic Party as a whole is in very strong support of abortion. No flip-flopping, no if only when or bus. They want unborn babies murdered. Sure. But let's not... Let's not um, let's not kid ourselves here. There are a lot of secular organizations. I can't remember the name of it, but I think it's something like Leftists Against Abortion or something like that, or Socialists Against Abortion. There are a bunch of Democrats who actually are on the, quote, pro-life, anti-abortion side. To paint them all um, with this broad brush, which I guess one can accuse me of doing with saying any good Catholic shouldn't vote for Trump, but... Um, candidates on that line also do not support religious beliefs or freedoms of any kind. They want the American people defenseless, docile, and weak. They will do anything to, anything it takes to line their pockets. The good of the people is not in their best interest. Again, I'm here for discussion. I really want to know what your alternative is. And he's, that, that one question, fair stance, however, answer me this. Do you honestly think any candidate with integrity running for office actually stands a chance? And I'm saying no, hence why I'm not voting. I don't see how this is confusing for everyone. With all due respect, that's an incredibly closed-minded view. You don't get to have an opinion if you aren't going to participate. Yeah, I can. That's literally what an opinion is. Your stance is a good Catholic shouldn't vote in this election. And then I responded with, it's closed-minded to not vote for a candidate who doesn't share your or the church's values? Is that what I'm understanding that you're saying? No, it's admirable to stand up for your beliefs, but thinking anything will change by doing nothing is closed-minded. I'm saying, um, what? That doesn't make any sense. You have acknowledged things are not going as you would like. True. You choose to do nothing about it, but not vote. Okay, what else can I do? The only thing that I can do is continue to advocate for an anti-abortion position and vote for those candidates. Not sure what there is to misunderstand about that. And I said this. I said, my man, if a candidate shared the same values as mine and the church, he'd have my vote. Until then, I can't vote against my conscience. You can, but I won't. Anything else? You don't even go to church, so I don't see why I'm wasting my time. Because in a previous post, he's like, you don't need to go to a church to worship Christ. And he said, 
He said, you're right, I don't. I did twice a week for most of my life. Went to Catholic school, was an altar boy. The whole thing. I didn't agree with how my church is currently being operated, okay? But you don't see me posting about how people shouldn't go to church, do you? Cool, that's your prerogative. That's all I'm saying. It's dumb to generalize that any good Catholic shouldn't be voting for Trump. I say, it's not dumb at all. Catholics have a standard. He says, not the ones at my church. And I said, yeah, that's the whole point of the post. Thank you for coming. And I know that this position that I'm holding, um, I got a, a few dissenters, mostly mostly young Gen Z groipers, who are like, wow, this is a big L for Mike. And I, I get it. I understand that the Nick Fuentes of the world, the John Doyles of the world, the Elijah Schaefer's of the world, they're not going to agree with this take because in effect, they are, they're cultists in a way. I'm not scared to use this. They're like Trump cultists, you know? They'll do anything for the for the boy, for my boy. It's my boy Trump. We're gonna do anything for MAGA. You know what I'm saying? Go all in, and that's just not how I feel, honestly. Um, I voted for him in 2016. Like I, I won't, I won't deny that. I voted for him in 2020, actually. Um, so I voted for him both times. So I don't, I don't understand where the. Um, especially with all of these people that I just mentioned, with the exception of Elijah, are Catholics. And if you are a if you are a serious Catholic, then any issue that a politician holds goes back to quality of life, right? And if a politician supports abortion in any shape, way, or form, you cannot, in good conscience, vote for that candidate. And now a lot of people have have. Um, I've given me different situations in where, you know, the church says, oh, you can, you can actually vote for a candidate, even though your opinions and your standards don't actually line up with theirs 100%. But if overall, this person is going to do the better good, then you can. I'm going to read something for you. This is from uh, EWTN, which is a um, Catholic uh, news organization. And um, this article is called A Brief Catechism for Catholic Voters. And the author of this is uh, Father Stephen F. Taraco, who has a PhD. So it poses four questions. Or no, no, more than that. It, it poses 14 questions. I think most of it has to do with abortion. And I'm going to read you the questions, and I'm going to read you his answers. And then we can talk about some of this while I'm reading this. Isn't conscience the same as my own opinions and feelings? And doesn't everyone have the right to his or her, his own conscience? This is his answer. Conscience is not the same as your opinions or feelings. Conscience cannot be identical with your feelings because conscience is the activity of your intellect in judging the rightness or wrongness of your actions or omissions, past, present, or future, while your feelings come from another part of your soul and should be governed by your intellect and will. Conscience is not identical with your opinions because your intellect bases its judgment upon the natural moral law, which is inherent in your human nature and is identical with the Ten Commandments. Unlike the civil laws made by legislators or the opinions that you hold, the natural moral law, moral law is not anything that you invent, but rather discover within yourself and is governing norm of your conscience, is the governing norm of your conscience. In short, conscience is the voice of truth within you, and your opinions need to be in harmony with that truth. As a Catholic, you have the benefit of the church's teaching authority or magisterium endowed upon her by Christ. The magisterium assists you and all people of goodwill in understanding the natural moral law as it relates to specific issues. As a Catholic, you have the obligation to be correctly informed and normed by the teaching of the church's magisterium. As for your feelings, 
As for your feelings, they need to be educated by virtue so as to be in harmony with conscience's voice of truth. In this way, you will have a good sound conscience according to which you will feel guilty when you are guilty and feel morally upright when you are morally upright. We strive to avoid these two opposite extremes of a lax conscience and a scrupulous conscience, meaning the obligation of continually attending to this formation of conscience will increase the likelihood that, in the actual operation or activity of conscience, you will act with a certain conscience which clearly perceives that a given concrete action is a good action that was rightly done or should be done. Being correctly informed and certain in the actual operation of conscience is the goal of the continuing formation of the conscience. Otherwise put, you should strive to avoid being incorrectly informed and doubtful in the actual judgment of conscience about a particular action or omission. You should never act out of a doubtful conscience. That last part is very important. You should never act on a doubtful conscience. And if anybody was uh, playing a drinking game or wants to play a drinking game, go back every time I say the word conscience, take a shot. Here's question number two. Is it morally permissible to vote for all candidates of a single party? This would depend on the positions held by the candidates of a single party. If any one or more of them held positions that were opposed to the natural moral law, then it would not be more morally permissible to vote for all candidates of this one party. Your correctly informed conscience transcends the bounds of any one political party. Yeah, and that's true, obviously. You you know, not everybody is a Massey or a Jim Jordan um, or a Trump. There are differences. Mitch McConnell is a Republican. There are a lot of rhino Republicans out there. There are a lot of establishment GOP Republicans who are out there. There are a lot of different types of conservatives out there. So just blindly putting your faith into one party um, seems like uh, an unwise decision or an unthoughtful decision. Here's question number three. If I think that a pro-abortion candidate will, on balance, do much more for the culture of life than a pro-life candidate, why may I not vote for the pro-abortion candidate? If a political can- Here's the answer. If a political candidate supported abortion or any moral evil, such as assisted suicide and euthanasia, for that matter, it would not be morally, morally permissible for you to vote for that person. This is because in voting for such a person, you would become an accomplice in the moral evil at issue. For this reason, moral evils such as abortion, euthanasia, and assisted suicide are examples of a, quote, disqualifying issue. A disqualifying issue is one which is of such gravity and importance that it allows for no political maneuvering. It is an issue that strikes at the heart of the human person and is non-negotiable. A disqualifying issue is one of such enormity that by itself renders a candidate for office unacceptable regardless of his position on the matters. You must sacrifice your feelings on the other issues because you know that you cannot participate in any way in an approval of a violent and evil violation of basic human rights. Listen to me say that again. You must sacrifice your feelings on other issues because you know that you cannot participate in any way in an approval of a violent and evil violation of basic human rights. And we all know abortion is that. A candidate for office who supports abortion rights or any other moral evil has disqualified himself as a person that you can vote for. You do not have to vote for a person because he is pro-life, but you may not vote for any candidate who supports abortion rights. Key to understanding the point above about, quote, disqualifying issues is the distinction between policy and moral principle. On the one hand, there can be a legitimate variety of approaches to accomplishing a, moral, a morally acceptable goal. For example, 
in a society's effort to distribute the goods of healthcare to its citizens, there can be legitimate disagreement among citizens and political candidates alike as to whether this or that healthcare plan would most effectively accomplish a society's goal. In the pursuit of the best policy or strategy, technical is distinct, although not separate, for moral reason is operative. Technical reason is the kind of reasoning involved in arriving at the most efficient or effective result. On the other hand, no policy or strategy that is opposed to the moral principles of the natural law is morally acceptable. Thus, technical reason should always be subordinate to and normed by moral reason, the kind of reasoning that is the activity of conscience and that is based on the natural moral law. Question number four. If I have strong feelings or opinions in favor of a particular candidate, even if he is pro-abortion, why may I not vote for him? As explained in question one above, neither your feelings nor your opinions are identical with your conscience. Neither your feelings nor your opinions can take the place of your conscience. Your feelings and opinions should be governed by your conscience. If the candidate about whom you have strong feelings or opinions is pro-abortion, then your feelings and opinions need to be corrected by your correctly informed conscience. Which would you tell which would tell you that it is wrong for you to allow your feelings and opinions to give lesser weight to the fact that the candidate supports a moral evil. Now, a lot of you will tell me, Mike, Trump is the most pro-life president in our history. Trump appointed the Supreme Court justices who, who, who decided to overturn Roe. Sure, uh, the majority of those Supreme Court justices were Catholics, by the way. And I don't know about them personally, but Trump still supports, this is the last time I looked, okay, the last time I looked, and I don't know if he said anything different, but the last time I looked, Trump supports abortion up to maybe somewhere between 16 and 20 weeks and in cases of rape. That isn't a pro-life position. That's a pro-abortion position. You can't be pro-life with exceptions. You just can't. And that even goes to the, that even goes to the death penalty, which I've had to change my mind about recently. Question number five. If I may not vote for a pro-abortion candidate, then should it not also be true that I can't vote for a pro-capital punishment candidate? Ah, here we go. I didn't even realize this was the next candidate. This was the next question. Here's the answer to that. It is not correct to think of abortion and capital punishment as the very same kind of moral issue. On the one hand, direct abortion is an intrinsic evil and cannot be justified for any purpose or in any circumstances. On the other hand, the church has always taught that it is the right and responsibility of the legitimate temporal authority to defend and preserve the common good, and more specifically, to defend citizens against the aggressor. This defense against the aggressor may resort to the death penalty if no other means of defense is sufficient, or re rehabilitation for that matter. That's what I've read before. The point here is that the death penalty is understood as an act on self-defense on the part of the civil society. In more recent times, his encyclical Evangelum Vitae, Pope John Paul II has taught that the need for such self-defense to resort to the death penalty is, quote, rare, if not virtually non-existent. Thus, while the Pope is saying that the burden of proving the need for the death penalty in specific cases should rest on the shoulders of the legitimate temporal authority, it remains true that the legitimate temporal authority alone has the authority to determine if and when a, quote, rare case arises that warrants the death penalty. Moreover, if such a rare case does arise and requires resorting to capital punishment, this societal act of self-defense would be a morally good action, even if it doesn't have the unintended and unavoidable evil effect of the death of the aggressor. Sorry. Thus, unlike the case of abortion, it would be morally irresponsible to rule out all or such, quote, rare possibilities a priori, just as it would be morally irresponsible to apply the death penalty indiscriminately. Okay, so here's question number six. If I think that a candidate who is pro-abortion has better ideas to serve the poor and the pro-life candidate has bad ideas that will hurt the poor, 
Why may I not vote for the candidate that has the better ideas for serving the poor? That's the answer. Serving the poor is not only admirable, but also obligatory for Catholics as an exercise of solidarity. Solidarity has to do with the sharing of both spiritual and material goods and with what the church calls the preferential option for the poor. This preference means that we have the duty to give priority to helping those most needful, both materially and spiritually. Beginning in the family, solidarity extends to every human association, even to the international moral order. Based on the response to question three above, two important points must be made. First, when it comes to the matter of determining how social and economic policy can best serve the poor, there can be a legitimate variety of approaches proposed, and therefore a legitimate disagreement among voters and candidates for office. Secondly, solidarity can never be at the price of embracing a, quote, disqualifying issue. Besides, when it comes to the unborn, abortion is the most grievous offense against solidarity, for the unborn are surely among society's most needful. The right to life is a paramount issue because, as Pope John Paul II says, it is, quote, the first right on which all others are based and which cannot be recuperated once it is lost. If a candidate for office refuses solidarity with the unborn, he has laid the ground for refusing solidarity with anyone. If a candidate says that he is personally opposed to abortion but feels the need to vote for it under the circumstances, doesn't this candidate's personal opposition to abortion make it morally permissible for me to vote for him, especially if I think that his other views are the best for people, especially the poor? Now, this this might be the position that a lot of the uh, Trump stands hold, with the, with the exclusion of the last part, especially the poor. If a candidate says that he is personally opposed to abortion, someone like Trump, but feels the need to vote for it under the circumstances— up to 16, 20 weeks, doesn't this candidate's personal opposition to the abortion make it morally permissible for me to vote for him, especially if I think that his other views are going to best serve the country? This is the answer. A candidate for office who says that he is personally opposed to abortion but actually votes in favor of it is either fooling himself or trying to fool you. Outside of the rare case in which a hostage is forced against his will to perform evil actions with his captors, a person who carries out an evil action... Uh, three quarters, such as voting for abortion, three quarters performs an immoral act, and his statement of personal opposition to the moral evil of abortion is either a self-delusion or a lie. If you vote for such a candidate, you would be an accomplice in advancing the moral evil of abortion. Therefore, it is not morally permissible to vote for such a candidate for office, even as explained in question three and six above. You think that the candidate's other views are best for the poor. So I'll say this, and I'm not saying... I'm not saying that everyone who votes for Trump is complicit in every abortion that happens. But what I'm saying is, is that Trump still advocates for it up to a certain time, up based on the baby's age, right? So he's one of these people that thinks it's okay to kill babies based on age or based on the way that the babies were conceived, which I don't. I'm opposed to all of it in, in, at any age for any reason. I am opposed to it. Um, so this it's it's like a cope, you know. Well, he's 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 the most pro life president of all time. He gave a speech at the March for Life, the first president ever to do so. Yeah, but it's almost kind of hypocritical, isn't it? Just the way that this question described it. It's hypocritical because he still advocates for abortion. Abortion across most of the United States is still legal. Okay, so if if Trump can't even take the stand, it needs to be outlawed across the country, and then doesn't campaign on that then he can't have my vote. That's all that I'm saying. And I think any Catholic, any good Catholic would, would, would and should feel the same. Question number eight. What if none of the candidates are completely pro-life? As Pope John Paul II explains in his encycl- encyclical Evangelum Vitae, the Gospel of Life, 
Quote, when it is not possible to overturn or completely abrogate a pro-abortion law, an elected official whose absolute personal opposition to procured abortion was well known could licitly support proposals aimed at limiting the harm done by such a law and at lessening its negative consequences at the level of general opinion and morality. This does not in fact represent an illicit cooperation with an unjust law, but rather a legitimate and proper attempt to limit its evil aspects. Now, I understand that. Um, a lot of people say that the number of abortions under Trump, and not under Trump, but anyway, due to the result of the overturning of Roe, the number of abortions have gone down, which is a good thing. But at the same time, when you still continue to advocate for abortion while the number is going down, it doesn't make any sense. Logically, it follows from these words of the Pope that a voter may likewise vote for that candidate who will most likely limit the evils of abortion or any other moral evil at issue. Question number nine. What if one leading candidate is anti-abortion except in the cases of rape or incest, another leading candidate is completely pro-abortion, and a trailing candidate not likely to win is completely anti-abortion? Would I be obliged to vote for the candidate not likely to win? In such a case, case, case? <laughs> in such a case, the Catholic voter may clearly choose to vote for the candidate not likely to win. In addition, the Catholic voter may assess that voting for the candidate might only benefit the completely pro-abortion candidate and, precisely for the purpose of curtailing the evil of abortion, decide to vote for the leading candidate that is anti-abortion but not perfectly so. This decision would be in keeping with the words of Pope quoted in uh, Question 8 or above. So, I, it seems like Pope John Paul II would agree that if you decided to vote for the leading candidate who is anti-abortion but not perfectly so, then, you know, Pope John Paul II says that that's okay because he's limiting, right, those evil actions um, and taking measures against them. But I'm still going to support the candidate who is 100% and unequivocally against abortion. Number 10, what if all the candidates from who I have to choose are pro-abortion? Do I have to abstain from voting at all? What do I do? Obviously, one of these candidates is going to win the election. Thus, in this dilemma, you should do your best to judge which candidate would do the least moral harm. However, as explained in question five above, you should not place a candidate who is pro-capital punishment and anti-abortion in the same moral category as a candidate who is pro-abortion. Faced with such a set of candidates, there would be no moral dilemma as the clear moral obligation would be to vote for the candidate who is pro-capital punishment, not necessarily because he is pro-capital punishment, but because he is anti-abortion. Number 11. Is not the church's stand that abortion must be illegal a bit of an exception? Does not the church generally hold that the government should restrict its legislation of morality significantly? The answer to that is the church's teaching that abortion should be illegal is not an exception. St. Thomas Aquinas put it in this way, quote, Wherefore, human laws do not forbid all vices from which the virtuous abstain, but only the more grievous vices from which it is possible for the majority to abstain, and chiefly those that are to hurt of others without the prohibition of which human society could not be maintained. Thus, human law prohibits murder, theft, and such like. Quote. Abortion qualifies as a grievous vice that hurts others, and the lack of prohibition of this evil by society is something by which human society cannot be maintained. As Pope John Paul II has emphasized, the denial of the right to life in principle sets the stage in principle for the denial of all other rights. What about elected officials who happen to be of the same party affiliation? This is question 12. Are they committing a sin by being in the same party, even if they don't advocate pro-choice views? Are they guilty by association? Being of the same political party as those who advocate pro-abortion is indeed a serious evil if I belong to this political party in order to associate myself with that party's advocacy of pro-abortion policies. However, it can also be true that being of such political party has its purpose to change the policies of the party. 
Of course, if this is the purpose, one would have to consider whether it is reasonable to think that the political party's policies can be changed. Assuming that it is reasonable to think so, then it would be morally justifiable to remain in that political party. Remaining in that political party cannot be instrumental in the advancing of pro-abortion policies, especially if I am busily striving to change the party's policies, as can my voting for candidates or for a political party with a pro-abortion policy. We got a couple more questions and answers here. Two more. What about voting for a pro-abortion person for something like state treasurer, in which case the candidate would have no say on matters of life and the capacity of her duties? It just happens to be her personal position. This would not be a sin, right? If someone were running for state treasurer and that candidate made it to a point to state publicly that he was in favor of exterminating people over the age of 70, would you vote for him? The fact that the candidate has that evil in his mind tells you that there are easily other evils in his mind. And the fact that he would publicly state it is a danger signal. If a personal character matter in a political candidate and personal character involves the kind of thoughts a person harbors, then such a candidate who publicly states that he's in favor of the evil of exterminating people over the age of 70 or children who are unborn has also disqualified himself from receiving a Catholic's vote. I would go further and say that such a candidate, in principle, in light of the natural law, disqualifies himself from public office. Here's the last question. Is it a mortal sin to vote for a pro-abortion candidate? except in the case in which a voter is faced with all pro-abortion candidates, in which case, as explained in question eight above, he or she strives to determine which of them would cause the let, the let, the let damage in this regard, a candidate that is pro-abortion disqualifies himself from receiving a Catholic's vote. And let me just do a side here. Calling your, again, calling yourself pro-life while still advocating for abortion up until a certain period is a disqualification in my eyes back to the answer. This is because being pro-abortion cannot simply be placed alongside the candidate's other positions on Medicare and unemployment, for example. And this is because abortion is intrinsically evil and cannot be morally justified for any reason or set of circumstances. To vote for such a candidate, even with the knowledge that the candidate is pro-abortion, is to become an accomplice in the moral evil of abortion. If the voter also knows this, then the voter sins mortally. Really, really interesting article. Um, I'll put that link. Where will I put it? I guess I'll put uh, I'll put the um, I'll put the title: "Brief Catechism for Catholic Voters." That's what you can put into Google, and it'll bring you up the e- EWTN article. Now I know again a lot of people you get, a lot of people are going to call me out for saying Trump isn't pro-abortion, quote unquote pro-abortion. He's pro-life. He's the most pro-life president ever. And I just I can't I can't say it. You know more than once, more than twice, I can't stop saying it. If a candidate calls himself pro-life while still advocates for abortion up to four weeks, eight weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks, that candidate or that person is not pro-life, it's not anti-abortion. And obviously I understand that the abortion issue isn't the most important issue. Um of of uh what do they call it when you're running for president <laughs> i can it's it's not the most uh important important issue in the race that um he's running obviously there are other issues like the economy immigration foreign policy even on foreign policy the you know trump is a huge zionist everyone's going to make excuses for that for whatever reason um he was giving arms to ukraine let's let's acknowledge that um and even as far as immigration, how does Barack Obama go about uh, about deporting more people than Trump ever did? But Trump is like the better 
pro-immigration president. I guess it's like whenever whenever a Republican is is in office and there's always the big anti-illegal immigration push and the numbers slow down, he's like, oh, you know, he's the best. But also at the same time, he didn't deport uh, deport as many people. Um, so I don't I don't I don't know um, how they would argue that. But the most important issue to me is abortion. That's that's my line. That's my line in the sand. He could be good on economic policies. He can be good on foreign uh, foreign policy policies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if I find out that there's any room for abortion, he's disqualified in my eyes. And I think what I just read is you should be disqualified by most Catholic by most Catholics. And that is not in any way, shape, or form saying that uh, it's better to vote for Joe Biden because oh, because Joe Biden's a Catholic. No, he's clear. He's clearly not right. This disqualifies Joe Biden as a candidate um, because Joe Biden is pro-abortion. He's like literally pro-abortion. So it disqualifies him as a candidate. Robert Kennedy Jr., who's also another, you know, Kino or Sino, Catholic name only, um, he's also pro-abortion. So it disqualifies him as a candidate. So there are really no good candidates. And by default, they're all disqualified for me. That, that just is what it is. Like, listen, I can't, I, I can't force any of you guys who or who not to vote for. I can't. I'm just giving you my opinion. And my opinion is, is that no good Catholic can vote for a candidate who allows abortion or who is in favor of abortion. Call him whatever you want. Call him the most pro-life president in our lifetime. That's fine. It's not true, but that's fine. So, yeah, I don't know. Politicians often lie to win elections. They do. They do. It's just the... I mean, in 1999, we can go back and I could play a, Trump, a, a video of Trump saying that he's the most pro-choice person out there. You go, you go see it. It's, it's an interview that he did in 1999. Now, can people change? Of course they can change. But that, that, really, that really hasn't changed. Sure, I guess has he gotten, quote, more pro-life? Yeah, like 10% more, 20% more. But most people who are, quote, unquote, pro-choice do hold the same opinions of, okay, yeah, uh, abortions after 20 weeks, five months is a little extreme. But everything before that is good to go. That's Trump. That's Trump's position. That's like the GOP position, the mainline GOP position. Um, yeah, like people keep on asking me, so then who's your choice? Nobody. Like it, it's not that simple. Or it is that simple, sorry. It's not that difficult to understand is what I meant to say. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I know that you guys aren't going to like this. I know that this is a very unpopular opinion. And hey, if I lose you, that's fine. If I lose some of you people, that's all right. But like I told a bunch of these people in my DMs, I'm not going to sacrifice my conscience for a vote, you know, or, or to be part of the crowd. I'm not a sheep. A lot of people you know, are still voting for Trump, um, given how he handled uh, certain COVID issues. A lot of people are still voting for him, especially gun people on the right, where Trump um, imposed some new federal gun bans. Like, no. You know, the bump stock thing was probably one of the worst uh, things that he did uh, that set in motion a lot of the rules that the ATF has passed since then. Some economic stuff. I don't know. I don't know too much about it. But, yeah, I, do, I don't think he's our guy. And this sort of weird cult-like behavior around him is very odd. I understand it now. Uh, I don't have the derangement syndrome because 
you know, I, I, I would rather have Trump over Biden as president. I would rather, given, given the say, who, who would you rather have? I'd rather have Trump. The question of who would you rather vote for is different because then I'm actively participating, right, in choosing the lesser of two evils. And I'm not going to do that. I can say, yeah, one might be better than the other, hypothetically, you know, as president, sure, but I'm not going to actively um, consent to that vote or give my vote. I'm not going to participate in that. And that's it. If you agree, cool. Allies, nice. We're on the same team. If you disagree, that's cool too. But I, I, I mean, you, you, you people should honestly think about it. Have a think on it. Pray about it. Go talk to your priest about it. Go talk to your congregation, people who you're close to in your congregation. Ask them what they think. I think it's very important not just to, you know, take my advice or make me the sole voice on this matter, but talk to as many different people as you can. Uh, I know that there are some pro-life advocates on, on social media who agree with me. I'm not going to say who they are, but they agree with me. I know there are some people who have uh, pressed me pretty thoughtful questions, um, pretty interesting philosophical questions about uh, who I would vote for and why abstain at all. Um, it's a very important issue. Let us end with something nice. I'm going to read you my uh, my January, what's it, January 25th um, submission from Padre Pio's Spiritual Direction for Every Day. I talked about this in a YouTube Live not too long ago. Today is January 25th. So this is a letter from Padre Pio to Rafaelina Serase on February 23rd, 1915. And he says, Both these attitudes in St. Paul proceed from perfect love. His desire to depart from this life means he would be in perfect union with Jesus Christ in glory, and that would be better for him, that is. It would be more desirable than continuing to live on this earth. This desire is grounded in the perfect charity he has towards God. The other desire also proceeds from perfect charity, but its immediate goal is the salvation of his neighbor. The second desire, then, is motivated by his principal goal, God, but its outworking is expressed in relation to the salvation of souls. Leaving his body is more beneficial to him, and he desires that as ardently as any righteous soul desires to be united to God. As for continuing to remain on earth in the midst of toil and trouble for the salvation of souls, being full of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, he sees that his staying would be more beneficial for others. That's Padre Pio, a young Padre Pio. God bless. Consult your conscience. Have a good day.